Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Sometimes Heroes. My name is James and I'll be your game master. Let's introduce our players. My name is Winter and I will be playing the elf druid Sariel. Hello, my name is Eric and I am playing the half-orc barbarian Sten. Hi, my name is Amanda and I'm playing Delena, the dwarven bard. Hi, my name is Molly and I play Eden, the noble human sorcerer. Hi, my name is Mark and I play Geesh, the human shield bearer fighter. And last time on Sometimes Heroes, you got noodles sleuthed around the noodle place had a little goblin begin the cult of the cat girl team snuck underground went in diplomacy style guy team went in uh porta potty style and learned some things from the leader of the black gauntlet ushat and now you are leaving the shallow bowl so what is sten wearing that is a mess is it his shoes or his shirt or what the whole, whole shebang, I'm pretty sure. And it's my nice clothes, so I'm very heartbroken. If there's any way we can wash these, it would be fantastic. Yeah, I guess we'll go back to the Migrant Songbird. Maybe someone could talk to Sasan. I also think Eden might have mending as a spell. Oh, right. I do. What are we mending? Basically using it to clean Sten's boots that are now permeated with poop smell that has been covered up with lavender. Lilac. Oh, I don't, I don't think it does that. Can it clean as well as it does repairs? No. It doesn't clean things. You guys can clean it when you get back, definitely. Normal style. Very well. So are you guys heading back to the Migrant Songbird? Sounds good to me. Okay, you head back. It is midday. The end of the lunch rush is happening. The common room is steadily getting less and less full. You don't see uh, Sasan anywhere. What do you guys do? Wash things. Sten goes to the, the wash house and vigorously, once again. vigorously washes off his clothes. Can I try to find Sasan as Lynx mode? Uh, sure. Are you still Lynx? Yeah, unless it's worn out. No, you're probably riding the last half hour of your transformation, but you've got time. Galena will probably just play her loot in the, uh, the common area of the migrant songbird. Are you going to practice for your show? Let's say that's what I'm doing. Yes. Hey man, this, this is a long-awaited show. It's been like two episodes. What's that mean, two episodes? It's only been a couple hours. I measure my life in episodes. I, you guys don't experience these things? No. Sten is having a new episode right now. Indeed. Well, I mean, it's you... brought on by the vomit fumes. Give me a break, guys. <laughs> Mental break. All right. Sorry, El, you are able to find Sasan's door. You can both smell and hear her inside. There appears to be some page flipping going on. Does anyone else want to be team on Team Sasan? Or am I, am I solo catting it? The cat is wise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I'll go with you. Yes. Okay. We'll bat at the door. It's like, it's like a knock. Only okay. <laughs> obnoxious and catty. The, uh, the door opens before you. Sasan sits on the bed across the room sort of looking curiously. And she says, oh, sorry, I'll come in. Oh, and Eden too. Where's Glenna? We can get all us gals together. Glenna is downstairs practicing for some trouble we're probably going to get ourselves into later. Ooh, are you getting into some trouble with Nisei? She smiles almost wickedly. Maybe we should talk behind a closed door. Oh, I'm sorry. I forget myself sometimes. Come in. Saria will pad her way into the room, just kind of looking around to see if she can detect the bodyguard. You can smell him. He opened the door. Nice. What does he smell like? He smells like hobgoblin, but also like a little bit of brimstone. Just a, just a scooch. 
Sariel remembers that one of Ushat's men was like burned beyond recognition. Yeah. The door closes behind you guys gently. Sasan sits up a little straighter, folding her book closed, offers you guys just sort of gestures further down the bed to sit, and one of the chairs that was at a desk sort of pulls itself out and turns itself around, offering itself as a place to sit. Is the invisible bodyguard doing this, or is this magic? You can assume that the invisible bodyguard is doing this. Okay. So? So we might be getting into Nisei's hair a little bit later tonight. It depends on where all the threads tangle exactly. Mm, those threads, very tangly. But some of the trouble we got ourselves into earlier today, the cat kind of, uh... Do you hop up onto her bed? Yeah. Oh no, cat hair all over the bed. Sorry, we'll hop up his links and then change back. <laughs> That's pretty rad. You just hop so up, change, and be just sitting sort of like legs off the bed. Yeah, yeah. Nice. She continues to smile, just sort of excitedly. Bated breath, can't wait to hear your plan to mess with her sis. Sariel's going to disappoint by uh, sidetracking for a minute. So rumor has it, among certain shady mercenary for hired ends, that a week before we even showed up, someone attempted to kidnap you? Uh, yeah, I had to move rooms. It was pretty gross. Any idea what that craziness was all about? Oh, Nisei was just letting me know that she knew I was here, probably. By having you kidnapped? Well, if she really wanted to talk to me, she would come to where I am. Okay. She was just doing her little power play. Like, I have the treasury behind me, whatever. Okay, well, I think she might have tried another power play on us, but something a little more extreme. Oh, really? What did she do? Uh, we think she tried to have us killed. Oh, that sounds like her. She didn't succeed, though. I mean, did anybody die? Nobody died. Well, people died. Well, just not on our none side. Of us died. <laughs> oh, well, a lot. Then it worked out fine. But why do you know why she would try to do this? Uh, she probably heard that you were talking to me, and that I might have told you about her, and then she would want you dead. Sorry, my bad. She would want us dead just for knowing she exists. Well, nobody's supposed to really know she's here. Well, they know that she's here, but they can't know what she's here for. But we don't know what she's here for. Oh my god, did I not tell you? I mean, you know what Kui's up to. She's doing this whole start of war thing. But my sister is working for Kui, and Kui needs her to keep the pressure on. Nobody can forget that the elves are out there being spooky. She's operating one of the Ashbound right now. I was gonna say, she seems to have some interesting connections. Yeah, you say this um, so casually. Well, it's not really my problem, beyond the fact that like it would be nice if I could mess it up. Sariel is kind of like relaxing a little bit and being just a lot more casual in terms of body language. Sariel asks, how does one go about operating an Ashbound? How does that even work? Mm, well, they're spirits, so you need to bind them to your will. Usually you do that through like an object, and then it has to do what you say. I hear she has it just like killing people in the town, and... Uh, leaving behind, like, really scary messages. And I assume this is to provoke, again, provoke war. Oh yeah, definitely. Because, like I said, if you can stop her Ashbound crony, like, she won't have any clean way of doing it, because otherwise people could totally tell it was her. She was like, think money may... trails or paper trails, things like that. Unless she is working with more than one of the Ashbound, I think we may have done that already. And not even on purpose, it was just an encounter we did not expect. Sario looks extremely awkward. We destroyed that form, 
but it definitely escaped. Oh, oh. right. Um, sorry. I don't, you know, I'm not an expert on all of this. I guess I didn't really understand the difference between killing the form and getting rid of the actual spirit. Oh yeah, the spirit just like possesses stuff or people. And it can only possess things that are fey-bound? Fey-touched, I mean? And if you aren't fey-touched, you're safe unless it possesses your friend and then that friend kills you. She looks between Sariel and Eden like eight times during that sentence. At what? She's... She's Basically saying, Eden, you're safe from being possessed unless your friend gets possessed and looks at Sariel and then kills you. I thought you meant she was looking in between us, not back and forth. No, back and forth. Sariel nods. Yeah, we've had that page from that playbook. Oh my gosh, that's awful. But it might not be a good idea for you to break the object because right now she's probably keeping it in check a little bit because she doesn't want it murdering everybody. But if we break the object, it'll just do whatever it wants. Probably. And, like, uh, this whole mushroom thing gave it a lot of people to possess. Sariel sighs heavily. Yeah, right? Isn't this such, like, a slapdash plan? What if it goes wrong? This whole thing could, like, get over to the Empire. I'm doing my mom a favor by breaking this plan. Speaking of the plan, do you think your sister is trying to get as many folks in the town as possible fey-touched in order to make this easier? Oh, definitely. I'm sure she had to make some kind of deal to initially trap it. And probably part of that deal was giving him a lot of hosts, giving it a lot of hosts. Right, because there is the matter of a certain drug making its way around town that is resulting in a lot of people being fey-touched. And we have been trying to figure out exactly who is behind its distribution. Oh, it's definitely Nisei, like 100%. She says, Amber-san, buy this stuff. And then they say, how much? Except think of it like the Amber-san jump, and then they ask how high. I see. These two and, threads are weaving together pretty neatly all of a sudden. And just out of curiosity, why would the Amber-san just follow her orders so willingly? Uh, my father always calls them patriots. Like, they really understand that it's for the best for everyone, and they understand that they need to play their part. I mean, like, everyone. She does big air quotes. Sariel looks legitimately surprised. She was definitely expecting more of a, uh, they're paid really well to do it, than a, it's the right thing to do sort of answer. I mean, they might get, like, kickbacks? I don't know. I mean, I'm not really involved at the money angle of things. I just ask for stuff and people give it to me. I would definitely say there's probably some financial uh, compensation involved since the mercenaries hired to attempt to kidnap you and attempt to murder us were promised a pretty hefty fee. Oh, did she not pay them? She did not pay them. Oh, that's super exciting. Maybe she's running out of money. Oh, that'd be so great. She like rubs her hands together. Oh, gosh. So you're going to a show later tonight? We will be the show later tonight. Oh, my gosh. Can I come? Sure, I don't see why not. That is a conversation for you and your bodyguard to have. She looks into the middle distance between you two and does like puppy dog eyes at it. You hear something shifting its weight on the floorboards. And then she says, yes, yes. Ah, I knew I could do it. You always give in, pointing at the space between you. So remind me briefly where your sister and your father are staying. They're staying at the Gilded Sage, 
I mean, I would say it there too, but then people would know I was here. I mean, I guess they I'm already know I'm that. here, but I'm roughing it. She says this as there's like a tray of food right next to her. Right. Uh, must be very difficult for you. It is. I don't have any servants. I am so sorry. I feel like you understand. Clearly, you're of noble origin. I can feel it coming off of you. Well, you know, us nobles, we gotta uh, stick together, I guess. Sisterhood. She gives you an awkward side hug after hopping off the bed. I will attempt to awkwardly return the hug. It's a good scene. All right. So I'll need to find something to wear. I can't wear this. She has her faux shabby clothes with the really nice sandals and really nice belt on. I'll have to find a real dress. And she starts to... She says, no, I'm traveling incognito. I had to burn all my stuff at the beginning. Right, right. It's what you do. It's tradition. Silly me. No, don't worry about it. It's fine. She starts to run out the door and then stops and looks back in. Is there anything else you need to ask me before I leave? No, I think we're good. I should probably discourage this, but Galena will be really happy to see you. (laughs) Oh, I need to tell her that I'm going to totally support her tonight. I bet she's really good. I mean, I heard her a little bit last night and I liked it. Anyway, bye. She oh, jogs okay. off down the hall. The door closes gently behind her. All right. See, see you tonight. Bye. As she runs out the door, Galena, you are playing your lute, I assume. Yeah. She interrupts your song by just sort of grabbing you from behind and being like, oh, I'm so excited to see your show. Bye. And Whoa. runs out the door. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Galena's like secretly pleased. And she starts mentally rewriting a, a song she already, an epic song she already knows by adding like little details about Sasan into it so she can have her little fangirl moment when she plays. Sweet. So, Sten, your boots are all clean. Thank heavens. Wait, what about my shirt? You keep mentioning <laughs> the boots. I, I'm focused on this nice shirt. <laughs> Things wash out of shirts a lot better, usually, than they do out of leather. But you manage to get someone who's really good at this, and with the help of Connor and some various poultices that he has, you get some good detergent going and get all the good stuff. Nice. You're going to be a little damp for the next hour, but you'll be fine by the time the show comes around. All right. Phew. Um, This show, is it like nice clothes affair or typical Sten garment affair? It is a nice place. Okay. I mean, we've got Connor in red pants and like eyeliner, so. Yeah, yeah. No getting in fights, okay? I don't want to get this bloody. I'm going to wear my good shirt again, but from then on, I'm going to put the good shirt away because that was... (laughs) A little too close for comfort for me. Yes. Good um, shirt and sewer do not mix. Yes. I suppose, having done that, I will go and uh, enjoy some of Glenna's rehearsal time, if she doesn't mind. Sweet. What is Guige up to? I guess I am trying to make tea with Connor's teapot. Did you try to take it from him? No, I would have asked him. Oh, okay. So let's play this out, because he's been helping Sten do his thing, and you ask him, what about his teapot? Could I get some tea? I didn't quite get to finish what I had over at the noodle shop. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, just uh, pour water in here and ask it for whatever you want. Be specific and be polite. He sets the teapot down on the table and continues to help Sten with his uh, situation. Say it. Keish will, will pick up the teapot once he's put water and be like, hello, teapot. You, t- you say hi to a teapot. Is there, is, there, is there anyone in the teapot? Is it a magic teapot? You, do you open the top? Yeah. So you look inside and say what again? Can you make the tea that I had earlier? What tea was that? I don't... He scratches his chin because he didn't get the name of it. Tea Earl Grey Hot? (laughs) And shrugs.
the water starts to bubble in front of you inside of it you're pretty sure you can see a face and the water starts to turn a little brownish are you leaving the cap open so you can look inside um no i mean i'll, I'll open it a little bit from time to time to take a peek but i won't in my head, yep. it's like this teapot's trying to work, and I don't want to disturb it as it works, but I kind of want to see what's going on. The last time, when you think it's almost ready, and you reach to open it again and try to open it, you see what looks like a little hand of steam grab the top of it and pull it shut again before it starts to uh, whistle. Kishul whisper to the teapot, what, what are you? Can, you? can you talk? Pokey. Pokey? Poke. E. Pokey. Okay. Guess I'll ask one of my more magically inclined friends what that means. The you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. Naturally. That's what it's all about. And then it gives you tea. <laughs> the tea is delicious. It's perfect temperature drinking. Just a little too hot when you first sip it, but then the second sip is great. Then I guess I'm just drinking tea till everyone uh, gets their affairs in order. Okay, everybody's back. Around a table in the center of the common room, I, I assume. And what time is it? 2, 2.30, almost oh. 3. I will ask Connor, Connor, what's what's up with your teapot? Is your team named Pokey? Yeah, isn't he great? What is he? He's a steam method. He likes it in there. And so we let him stay. He likes tea. If you ask him questions, sometimes he answers. He's really smart. Wait, All so right. the, there are ice methods, Muppets, and then there are steam Muppets? I I thought they were all bad. Tea methods. Tea and uh, ice. Those are the only two. <laughs> ice tea. Um, oh, nice. Ha! Didn't even mean that. <laughs> Connor just sort of smiles and says, I don't know what you've seen before, but methods are, if when they occur in nature, are actually quite friendly. It's hard to see them. It's harder to talk to them. James, remind me what methods are. Methods are elementals of the smallest order. An ice method would be like a single snowflake in nature. But what you saw were these spirits of nature, sort of of the elements, taken out of their element and forced to be somewhere where they do not okay. want to be. And that's why they were not friendly. And there are tea or steam methods? Yep, it is the essence of hot water. How huh. is he? How cool. does he live in this if there's if it's empty? Like, is he there until water happens and there's steam? I don't I don't get it. He's the potential, and he's decided the to stay. Potential. If I don't make tea in there for I don't know four days or something, he'd probably move on. I he, really want to get a look in this thing. Um, Stan, so just push it on my shoulder so I don't get up and start hitting people. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I got gotcha. you. And Eden, just hit me with a shocking rasp if if I start swinging about. <laughs> Roll wisdom safe. I mean, I could ask you guys to tie up my hands, but that would look kind of weird if we were doing that in the common room and before we get kicked out. I rolled a 14 in wisdom. You are able to stay within the moment inside because you haven't emptied the thing yet. There's still a little bit of tea in there. Inside this kettle, you can see what looks like a tiny spindly legged person who's sort of sitting in the remains of the tea with a tiny teacup itself, which it is holding a tiny, tiny little spindly pinky up and drinking from. Its face is completely flat with what looks like carved features in it. It looks up at you, sort of twisting its head almost 180 degrees. I wave him and say, hi, hi, Pokey. It reaches up, arm extending however far it needs to, and grabs the lid and shuts it. Oh. Connor says, he's shy. I don't think he likes it when you look at him. Oh. Okay, well. They're not used to being seen? Really? Oh. Also, that's weird what you just did. Like, real weird. What? What'd I do? You saw him. Yeah, I can see things. We're going to talk about that later. What are we doing right now? <laughs> wait, wait, why? 
Does this have something to do with his blindfold? Connor has not been informed about Gija's weird eyes. Oh, he knows the, the blindfold. Oh, he knows the blindfold's magic, but he doesn't really get the reason for it. Okay. Yeah. He should read just his blindfold. No, wait, wait, why? Because now he's starting to feel concerned again about the fact that Galena's like, yeah, there's stones growing in your eyes. No and one I- should be able to see a method. Even with detect magic, I can see his effects, but not himself. He doesn't exist on this plane. Then how do you know it's a boy method? What if it's a girl I'm sorry, method? it. I don't believe they have gender. Oh. There's some studies about it, but I really think they're kind of wasting money and time. Well, I, it's a thing I do. I mean, I can't do cool magic like them. And half the time I do that, it doesn't work very well. But yeah. Well, that sounds useful. Do you know about stones growing in people's eyes? <laughs> non sequiturs. Unhealthy. Just <laughs> off the top of my head, you know. James, would I be able to get Connor's opinion on my situation? Like, would he be able to look? Uh, when you describe it to him, he's going to make an intelligence save to try to f- see if he knows what's going on with that. He looks at you, thinks about it. If what you're describing is true, you're probably... You know how people in this town are fey touched Yeah. You were probably touched by something on the elements of chaos. Like these, this, this method here. Except whatever touched you was... Quartz, I guess? I don't want to be touched. Uh, it's not my fault. Sorry. No, 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 you're okay. <laughs> Huh. I'm just saying that's what I think maybe happened. Is it bad? Is it like, is it going to mess up my brain or my eyes? Uh, I mean, more than my eyes are messed up. Short of opening you up, I don't know what's going on with your brain. Okay. But don't open them up. Quartz shouldn't grow in your eyes at all. Just geologically shouldn't. Well, yeah, I know. My- yeah, I could have told him that. What what I mean to say is it's it's unlikely that it's growing at the normal rate. So it probably grew to however much it needed to to do its thing, which is either what it's doing now and it's going to stay the same, or it's going to do something else and then you're in trouble. Like it might cover you, just pop out your eyes. How do you know it won't be good? It could I'm be not a good saying thing. It won't be, I, okay. I mean, it, you, you might turn into a cool rock and then you'll be a rock person and nobody can cut you anymore. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I can... Ch- I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Maybe you'll be able to focus light through the lenses and uh, zap people. Yeah, right? I don't know. He just starts drinking tea again and doesn't feel like he has much (laughs) to say. That would be awesome. This is not magic I'm familiar with, frankly. I I mean, I'm just shooting, shooting at the wall and hoping to hit something. Connor looks uncomfortable as he has clearly made Gij uncomfortable. And Galena, even though you are playing, you're playing nearby and you can hear over your music, what they're talking about, if you want to. Um, I don't really know what to add to that right now. You don't have to add anything. He sees everyone's quiet and takes one last gulp of Earl Grey. Hot. And says, should we go to the Gilded Sage then? Actually. Hmm. Yes. I had a thought. Bogart might be in town. We could try finding him and asking him for information. But if we go to the Gilded Sage and encounter Nisei, we probably need as many of us there as we can get. You really think that Bogart's going to be up for more after all that we went through on our last little adventure? If there's anything for him to gain, absolutely. But I wouldn't want to drag him along. I just want to know if he learned anything. You hear a okay, jingle of fair. you hear a jingle of strings like a like a guitar being dropped, and you hear Galena go, "He's in town." Well, he said he was going to be in town. We just haven't run into him. But I guess we just go to the Gilded Sage. Okay, so you guys finish your tea and then group up, Sten, slightly damp, and march <laughs> off in the direction of the Gilded Sage. 
Actually, before we go, or rather, on the on the way there, I want to pass. You have time. Market. Sorry, you sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go sorry. ahead. You guys still have at least an hour, and it's fluid. So if you, as long as you guys are doing something reasonable, I'm down. Mm-hmm. On the way there, Gish will just take a slight detour in the market to see if that sword's still in the stall. Definitely, it sits on its perch, proudly displayed, firmly out of your financial reach. He had a feeling it was still there, but didn't, you know, who knows? Maybe some wealthy baron was going to buy it, because why not? Indeed. The dwarf running the stall gives you a knowing nod as you longingly <laughs> look at his sword. That sounded weird. Whatever. So you guys are headed towards the Gilded Sage. Any other d- detours? I guess so. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm going okay. to pretend that the reason why Gija's eyes have rocks in them is because Galena's rock is so awesome that everyone around her is becoming rock. <laughs> yes, it has encouraged physical rocks to grow in my in my head. Very reasonable. So as you guys are heading towards the Gilded Sage, which is pretty much right next to Coraline's Lucky Coin, you head down the same road where you were ambushed last night. When you step past the place where the fight went down, the building Eden so efficiently blew a hole in the side of is in the middle of being demolished by several swarthy workmen, as well as several parts of the street have been torn up and are being replaced with fresh cobblestone. Specifically, the parts where there was a lot of blood spatter. Do any of their work clothes bear the insignia of an anvil with the sun in it? They all do. Oh. Who knew? It's like you're psychic. Rock eyes. No, I just paid attention to the story. <laughs> Please don't turn my brain to rocks. Um, as you pass by this, they you know, don't seem to take much notice of you. A couple of them with uh, hard hats and reflective vests whistle at Eden and... Sariel and Galena say, Hey, why don't you smile more? Galena pulls one of those creepy, like, really wide-mouthed, toothy, fake smiles at them. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I do those. Those I regret my life decisions. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys carry on past without interacting with them anymore. I mean, do you want to do anything about that? I don't know. Why don't you smile more? No, let's not do that. That was an excellent comeback. (laughs) I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm unhappy with my job and still reconsidering my life decisions. Indeed. Thank you, my fellow construction officer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was engaged. That was that was another construction man. Sten, do you have any thoughts on this? This is your neck of the woods. I do not. Thoughts on thoughts on what? I don't understand. Oh, just that there are a bunch of those church guys repairing the building that you. Oh, oh, tonight. sorry, I misunderstood. Okay, yeah, um, I do. In that, as I said before, I would love to find particular dirt on them but i don't see any yet but i have my eyes open actually to be fair i bear these randos no particular ill will <laughs> okay so you guys arrive on the street with the gilded sage and the Coralon's lucky coin they both look to be doing decent business at the front again of the gilded sage stand two immaculate looking guards who look very hard as if they've seen a lot of action we just walk right in are you walking into the hotel um i thought we were going to talk to Maltus. Uh, Maltish, yeah. Yeah, that was my impression as well. Okay, and so he, you think he's staying at the hotel. You step into the door, both of the guards look at you, and they step in front of the door and say, are you staying here? Of, of course. Yes, we are. Name? Oh, we don't have a reservation. Uh, I was hoping that there might be a vacancy. Ah, uh, and who should we say this is for? Eden Milan? Eden Milan. One of them steps around the corner and looks through what looks like a guest book, shakes his head at the other guard, but starts looking at through another book. 
and then his eyes widen a little bit and he walks back to you. Apologies, Madame Milan. No worries. You're welcome to stay here with your entourage. And he steps aside. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Of course. You are always welcome at the Gilded Sage. He deeply bows. Entourage. Come, entourage. Chop, chop. (laughs) As you step through the gate, you step onto a platform of wood over a meticulously manicured lowered garden that has several bridge pathways through it, so your shoes would never have to touch dirt, but you can enjoy nature at a safe distance. There is this sort of common area where there are very wealthy people walking back and forth, having hushed but polite conversation, and you can see rooms along the sides, and then at the far end, there appears to be a common room. And you know, basically just from common sense layout, that beyond that room is another garden. Didn't at one point we hear something about some girl blocking off the whole garden for her use or something like that? Yeah, we heard um, Nippon telling Vivi, or maybe the other way around, that uh, the creepy girl, which is probably Nisei, had rented out the entire garden for herself. I see. Hmm. Well, I think we might know where to look then. James, why'd you take out Maltush? <laughs> I because was watching that. I know. He's in different places, different times of day. Mm-hmm. Okay. You haven't seen that room. It should be all gray. That room is dark, <laughs> yes. I like these tokens. These people look very well-dressed. They're very ponzi. Galena is sort of just instinctively playing a little fancy stately tune on her lute, like very quietly as they're walking through. Oh, is Connor with us? Yes, Connor is with you. You guys are in the common area, the the, uh, middle garden. It is beautiful here. Galena plays a little ditty quietly on her lute, but in the distance you can hear that there's someone playing a meditative tone, a meditative song on a dulcimer somewhere. (gasps) <gasps> a dulcimer. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, hmm. Now I'm curious. Gij will tell Connor. He'll ask Connor. like, you've never been able to scan here, right? Well, no. Okay. Should I, Should I be doing that right now? Would they be okay um, with that? They threw me out last time I tried. Granted, I didn't get past the door. Right. So he's going to try and situate Connor between himself and Sten. Okay. Because... So you guys walk in a little like circle around him. Kind of. I mean, Kasten's a large dude, and I carry a large enough shield on my back that I should be easy to block what's behind me. If it starts making too much noise, put it away. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And he starts to wave it around a little bit. It doesn't seem to be making any noise at all. So, where are you guys headed? Could we pretty- sort of move toward the sound of the dulcimer? <laughs> I want to sure. know who's playing it. It appears to be coming from the common room. Let's go to the common room, then. Okay. A lot of you can move your tokens if you want. You step into the common room. There are quite a few people sitting around very low tables, eating and enjoying various drinks. Behind the, what you can only assume is the bar, is a tall, gray-skinned, elvish woman who looks to be very finely dressed in silk, has a bare midriff and sort of like poofy pants with a short black bob. There is a unusually congested gathering of people to the left in one of the corners where you can see a bunch of nobles sort of angling to get closer to the corner. In that corner, you can see a very small, pale child with red hair and tiny doe horns who is sitting there. Her eyes are just nailed on you. Oh boy. In the other corner intimidating. is an elderly hobgoblin man playing on a four-string dulcimer just... It's hardly even a song so much as pleasant background noise. Oh. 
Galena starts harmonizing with the dulcimer with her lute. <laughs> Are you getting up so he can see hear you too? Well, just just I'm I'm not trying to be center of attention, but I'm playing just just loud enough so it sounds really pretty together. Nice. Classy. You also see Beck Nippon at the bar. It is just painfully clear that he's trying to uh, make a move on the gray-skinned elvish woman. Who? Who's trying to do that? Nippon. Nippon, the guard captain. But you guys take this all in as you step in. There are also several more just hard-faced looking guards standing around. Scanning the room, does Sariel recognize anyone? I'm going to say you do. You recognize at least one person from here. They're much older than you remember them, but you can decide who it is because this is a veritable who's who of hobgoblins. Eden, you may also recognize someone if you want to. Oh, is there anyone I recognize? Should I roll a perception or would just looking around be enough? No, this is place is so cram-packed with important people that you're sort of inevitably going to know somebody and ah, you can like, choose who they are. Like when we were at the party and you recognized the person before. Oh, um, I'm probably going to need a few minutes to invent somebody out of thin air. Sure, and it'll give you time to decide whether they're useful to you or not. Okay. I mean, we can move the scene along in the meantime. Go for it, guys. You're up. I have described the scene. So it's safe to say that's Nisei playing the Dulcimer, right? The old hobgoblin man? No. Wait, what Nisei is, is the tiny, pale child in the corner being surrounded by a gaggle of noble-looking people. But she's oh, not doing anything? She's just sitting there? Sitting there with laser eyes on us. She only laser eyes for about 20 seconds and then goes back to sort of going in between the middle distance and looking towards different people who are addressing her as nobles around the table are all sort of... It's a familiar situation, especially for Eden. People are trying to talk to the important person and trying to make it seem casual, but they're definitely trying to low-key get their political agendas across. Right, right. Oh, gosh. Well... The dulcimer player is is just like a staff person, right? Playing for music. It may be someone they have on a retainer, but, you know, it's probably someone, a professional artiste who is living here. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Can that be the person that Sariel recognizes? Definitely. I'm so psyched. <laughs> Can oh, boy. Is that sarcasm? <laughs> that sounds like sarcasm. No, not at all. That also sounds like sarcasm. He's not being... hushed you. Can I roll an insight to check if that's sarcasm, James? Yes. If you roll higher than 10, I have to tell you correctly. That was sarcasm. <laughs> oh, I had already rolled, and I rolled a 10. <laughs> yes, that was sarcasm. Cool. Now I'm, now I'm confused. <laughs> I've been given James, no knowledge please. at all. Can uh, I roll? Sorry. What are, what are you rolling? Sorry. I want to roll a perception. Is, is there art and stuff on the walls? And I just want to roll perception to see what sort of things are in this establishment. Oh. No, you don't have to roll perception for that. The walls are paneled on the bottom half, but the top half is these tapestries sort of showing off various moments in Avzal history. And then there is like a full section of the wall that is dedicated to, you know, human Avzal cooperation history, which starts with the end of the war between the two empires where Hadrian I and the Empress signed a treaty and how they've been respectfully at peace for a long time. Okay. Well, there's his daughter. He's somewhere around here. If you guys recognize anyone, maybe you can ask them for help. Because Galena is 
trying to subtly harmonize with this guy. If Sariel recognizes him, she would like to uh, give her some information on him. Sure. Tell me about him. Oh, gosh. Actually, wait. Can we come back to that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. No, like, really, let's let's come back to that, guys. Some, someone else take point. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sten, what are you doing? <laughs> Man, I don't know. I just want to settle back and enjoy music. Okay. You realize that there aren't a whole lot of seats so much as cushions on the ground where you can sit at low tables. Mm -hmm. But as you do this, a very attractive young woman comes by and offers you a drink without so much as asking what you want, just sets a cup in front of you. I like this place already. Excellent. Excellent. I will begin to drink. It is. I hope I'm not being poisoned, but I'm going (laughs) to just go ahead and be drinking. As you should. It is just a... Um, liquor that you have not tr- had before. It tastes very dry, but when you uh, sip it, it just very firmly burns down into your tummy. Not bad, not bad. I'm going to size up the, the musicians around here and uh, see if Galena has any serious competition here. Instens, very, very enlightened opinion. There only seems to be one uh, musician in here, which Galena is sort of jamming out with now. Right, right. He has changed his tune slightly to harmonize better with Galena's style and is picking up his pace a little bit. It's turning into a song just sort of fluidly. I'm going to say that it sounds kind of like a Irish drinking song at this point. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> then we'll drink accordingly. Good. Galena's slowly moving towards the musician. Are you like creeping on him? <laughs> or are you like no. sort of dancing across the room as you play? Like a subtle sort of graceful dance across the room. Like she's not like obviously moving over to stand next to him, but she's just happy to be playing. So she's kind of smiling and playing along and making her way across the room. All right. In a non, like it's it's not necessarily obvious, but it's not supposed to be like sneaky or anything. Okay. Yeah, there are s- several nobles that seem to be taking note of you and being like, Oh yes, this is wonderful. I didn't know there was going to be entertainment tonight. Dear God. All right, we're done. What's no, happening? No more of that. So Gish will see Eden and Saril looking for people that they know. And he sees Sten has now gone and begun libations. Yes. As I do. So he will, not knowing really what to do, he'll just approach the bar where there's the sort of gray-skinned woman. Thinking she's like, oh, she looks interesting. I wonder what her story is. And he'll probably also get a drink and just try and chat with her. As you approach the bar, Nippon has her hand in his, and he's saying, you're much too beautiful to be in a place like this. Come away with me to the country. Let us live forever as long as love lasts and she just seems to be giving him kind of a pained smile as you come over she turns a more genuine but salesman like smile to you excuse me beck i must attend to my patrons may i help you Gij makes the face that you make when the person in line in front of you at mcdonald's is waiting out <laughs> <laughs> you speak as though Extremely you just happen to you in real life yeah yeah <laughs> Because that's not happened a dozen times for me. <laughs> and he's like, hi. So as he, as he starts to communicate with her, he's doing that, that face where it's like, wow, that dude's crazy. So can I, um, let me get, do they have vodka in this world, James? Sure. Okay. Got all kinds of alcohol. He orders like a sort of vodka mixture drink that also has a fizzy component that's more flavorful than alcoholic. Really? Oh, of course. And this is for your master, I assume? He, he laughs and says, no, it's, it's for me. 
Well, whose tab is it going on? Oh, I can I can pay. She looks from side to side a little confused. Can I hear this? Are, <laughs> you can actually just out of curiosity. Sariel and Eden, are you sitting with Sten or are you sort of wandering around the room? Well, I was wandering around the room, which is why I was wondering, am I within earshot of, of Gage right now? Definitely. Okay, I'm going to briskly walk over uh, to Gage, put my hand on his shoulder, and look at the bartender and explain, oh, oh, he, he's with me. Uh, he, he'll go on my tab. She looks behind you for a moment, and then her eyes flash back to you and says, Ah, the Lady Milan. Such a pleasure to have you in my establishment. Of course. Oh, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. And a couple of staffers behind her begin preparing the beverage. What is Nippon doing at this moment? He is glaring daggers at you. Good. Fantastic. That's what I want. And he has his hand on his rapier. Gish is going to angle himself so that his very not fancy and heavily gnarled uh, tower shield is now just completely facing him. So there's just, like, <laughs> You just walled him this, off. This ugly wall that's been like scratched by a dozen different <laughs> weapons. I say. You hear him like harumphing behind you really hard. The uh, woman in front of you smiles just a little smirk and says, It is a pleasure to meet you, Lady Milan. Your servant is of impeccable taste, no doubt. I am the Madame Mirren. Ah, uh, lovely to meet you. Indeed. Is there anything I can do to make your stay better? No, uh, no, no. Um, we're, we're doing well right now. Uh, but, but thank you. We'll certainly let you know if we need anything. Of course. I am at your disposal. She gracefully moves away. As she does this, you can see that her back and side have a great many geometric tattoos. It's hard to tell at first, but you can see that they are a giant, just like body covering tattoo that normally is very small on people, which marks her as an ex-slave of the Cypher family. Hmm. Gij will then ask Eden, so you know anyone here? Um... Well, actually, I did see one of my old college friends over there, but uh, I don't think he's noticed me. I haven't seen him since he graduated. Uh, he was a year ahead of me, and I don't even know if he would remember me at this point. You could try the goofy handshake. Maybe that'll jog his memory. <laughs> well, as <laughs> you guys are saying this, Beck has repositioned himself between you two, and he is glaring at Gige, still holding up one of his gloves, shaking with rage. You, sir, are a villain and a cheat. And he slaps you across the face with it. Oh, shit. Gige will laugh and then embrace him with a hug and be like, oh, that's not necessary. It's all misunderstanding. Let me get you a drink. His arms directly to his sides. You can see his face just like twisting into this cartoonish frown. Unhand me, sir. This is against the rules. I demand a duel. You cannot touch <laughs> me until it is over. What is happening? Wait a minute, after it's over? You can't touch me until the duel begins, is what I meant to say. Let's see. And Gij will just continue to laugh. Just be like, oh, come on. This is nothing to get worked up over. I'm sure you have better things to do than duel with me. Can Galena hear what's going on? Oh, definitely. He's being loud and obnoxious about it. And everybody in the room is looking over this way. <laughs> she starts playing a more like rambunctious sort of Irish drinking song that would lead to bar fights. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> she's grit. She's, she's got her eating grin on her face while she's looking at Yeesh. Okay, so Galena, roll your performance to rile up the crowd. All these pompous nobles, how much do they want this duel to happen? Nobles love a good ah! duel and a good execution. 
She critically failed. I mean, with a 10. But she critically failed. Galanda critically failed performance. Which, okay, better get those out before 5 p.m. I don't even know what this is going to mean. This <laughs> is good because you were trying to incite a fight, which means one won't happen, right? You Maybe? realize, Galena, that you have been overpowered by a more powerful bard than you. Regardless what? of your attempts to play music that incites violence, the dulcimer behind you plays a tune that just calms the room aggressively, and people turn away back to their beverages, and you see Madame Mirren look over and nod to her minstrel. She comes up to Guige and Beck, who are still embracing somehow, where <laughs> two, two bodyguards of some of the nobles have come up, probably to enforce the duel. Galena sort of, she realizes that her act of mischievousness is like just a, an act of mischievousness. And she kind of glances at the other bard with sort of puppy dog eyes, like, sorry, um, and sort of shrugs and continues to harmonize with him. He's got the heavy brows that lift as high as he can put them so you can barely see the bottom of his eyes. And he just like smiles a big kind of like almost toothless smile at you. But Madame Mirren comes up between you and presses you apart. It's hard to remember her words as the music sort of overpowers you for a moment, but she appeases you both. Beck steps back, straightens out his tunic and says, Well, I I never, but you you speak sense. I will I I will go and he marches out of the room. And the room calms down again. Well Did we see that was a lot less exciting than it could have been. That was an impressive piece of bard work. I mean, usually I can get people real riled up, but this guy, this guy right here, he's he's an, he's a true master. I think you should just pretend that like that's really what you wanted, actually. <laughs> that's probably what you'll tell us. Did we see which I mean, way yeah. Nippon went? Nippon marched out of the front door into okay. the garden, and moments later, if you're able to see him, you can see he walks out the front gate. Okay. Madam Mirren steps to you again and says, I apologize for that. I have many admirers. He just smiles, shakes his head. It's like, it's fine. And he just anyway, starts to sip his drink a little bit. You should rejoin your party. She gestures to the table where Sariel and Sten sit. And Connor, what are you guys doing in here? That baby child over there is looking at you kind of angrily, but seems to be socially trapped. I forget. Is she still staring at us? Is she no, younger she... Or, or older than Sasan? She's she younger. Is, she is younger than Sasan. And she has not been staring at you the whole time, but it's clear that after this outburst, she just wants to do something even worse to you. Great. When Galena comments about the other bard, Sariel would just kind of lean forward and be like, yeah, he was a little bit of a prodigy growing up. I'm surprised to see him here, but it's good to know that he's uh, being well kept. You know him? Uh, a little bit. It's been quite some time. She looks between the bard and Sariel to see if he recognizes her. The old hobgoblin man lifts his heavy brows up again and smiles super broadly this time. He is missing one fang and several other teeth. He has been plucking the strings with his long claws, and he leans towards the two of you and says, I am surprised anyone was able to remove you from your books. It's been quite a few years and some adventures since then. I'm oh. sure you have quite a few stories yourself. Well, I was in a rush, you see. But it is good that you finally got out of there. It seemed an ill-suited place for one such as you. It's definitely been good to get out and stretch my legs. He chuckles old man style to himself. Galena's kind of doing that sort of half open mouth smile when she's looking between the two of them like, Oh, this is great. These two know each other. Maybe I can get 
like a bit of a mentor while we're in town. Galena puts her hand out to the bard and says, I'm her friend. What's I'm my name's Galena. I'm a bard. What's your name? His left hand starts going crazy to pick up the slack of his right hand as it comes out and shakes yours. My name is Ortal Silt. Hi. It is a pleasure to meet one just beginning her career. I love your take on things, really. It's new, it's fresh. Galena blushes to herself. She's like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> and, she, and then she she um, sort of looks at him wide-eyed. And she's like, and she says, I've honestly not met too many bards with great experience before. And I have to say that your the the magic that or the effect your music has on people is more than I've seen. Well, it's something that it's saved my life many times through the ages. I'm sure that I will be using my magic for the same reasons. <laughs> it's good. It is, it is an even better thing that you will have a long time to perfect your craft. Yeah. Getting the subtle old people digs in. <laughs> it, it doesn't occur to Galena that she has a long time to perfect her craft because she thinks that she is at peak of her age when really she's just kind of a teenager. Yeah. Best time of my life. <laughs> is there anything, Winter, you wanted to ask this guy? Because I know you guys came in here with desires to get information. Zarya will, will smile. I'm sure quite a few things have changed since I've left. In fact, I think just as I was leaving, the Baron Maltish was returning from his great exploits. I've heard he is staying here now. Ah, yes. He's a pleasant man. I believe he spends a little too much time uh, with libations and the finer sex. Ariel remembers Ushat. <laughs> yes, it uh, seems he does spend some time finding his entertainment. Ortal looks up and gives you a one eyebrow way higher than the other. The other one just completely closed and says, It must be a hard thing to replace a demigoddess. And smiles, just sort of like waiting for you guys to react. Galena quickly picks up and nudges Saryon and goes, well, we have our own demigoddess right here, don't we, cat lady? Saryon blushes, extremely <laughs> embarrassed. She means cat lady in the nicest sense. Yeah. I don't get these new terms, but I good for you. There have been several misadventures just today. Well, I'm sure you're still a wonderful woman, even though it has been so long since I have seen you. Blushing intensifies. <laughs> Sariel Sar blushes deeper and uh, just sort of nods. Is there anything I can help you with? It would be my pleasure to help you however an old man can. We were hoping we could find the Baron Maltish. As far as I know, he went for beverages and entertainment over to uh, our less respectable neighbor, Coron's Lucky Coin, not an hour ago. Well, he's going to be seeing me soon, I guess. It's like 3.30 now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Ah, that's an excellent coincidence. Galena is going to perform there in just a few hours. Oh, definitely do something a little more intense. He's a very excitable man. He likes oh. to maintain a high, if you know what I mean. Oh, I'll definitely give him a high. Very good. I'm, I'm thinking out of character that that comment might be related to him maybe wanting doing drugs. I don't know. It sounds like it. Sariel's definitely just interpreting it as a, he's definitely a very vigorous man. Very, very vigorous hobgoblin. Yes. <laughs> All right. So 
Eden, Gige, Connor, and Sten, what are you guys up to as Galena and, sorry, I'll chat with an old dulcimering man in the corner. Gige is going to just quickly check with Connor, see how his readings are going. Connor is adamant that he has had no positives yet. Because they keep this place good and clean. Alas. I was thinking I would go up and tap my friend on the shoulder and maybe start a casual, polite conversation, see maybe if I can get any insight into what we're looking for here. Rad, who is your friend and which crowd does he or she run in? Well, right now he's one of the people sort of hovering around Nisei. He would be a fellow noble. He also studied um, at the same school that I did at around the same time, but he was a year ahead of me, much more academic than I am. When we were in college, he had this awful bowl haircut and these really unflattering glasses. Um, <laughs> but Eden notices that he's um, he's finally got a, a hairstyle that flatters him and is dressing in a way that flatters him, and he looks much better. <laughs> He's clearly gotten into politics. He knows he needs to look good now. <laughs> so what's this Perhaps. dude's name? Eli. Is he a human or is he a hobgoblin or something else? Let's just say he's human. Eli is dressed up in the Avzal fashions. He's clearly gotten some ambassadorship over there and is trying to schmooze real hard, but he's getting pushed out by the big boys and is near the end of the table. And he always you- was on the scrawny side. <laughs> When you tap him on the shoulder, he looks around and he has a sort of pouty look on his face. Aww. But as he turns, looks confused for just a moment and then says, Eden, what a, what a pleasure to see you. I thought you were Hi. an obelic. Oh, well, I was. Um, just been doing a, a little bit of uh, traveling lately with some associates of mine just came in here for a drink and didn't expect to see you but thought i would uh, come say hi and see how you've been doing oh of course of course he leans sideways and looks past you seeing sten connor and Gige. raises his eyebrows a little bit and he's like some company you're keeping well uh you know i'm just here trying to work on umbria's tariffs you know just trying to get a word in edgewise at the the lady who knows the lady, you know? Ah, yes, of course. I understand. So you haven't gotten to talk to her at all? I, I exchanged a few words. She's very, very nice. Uh, she's a consummate professional. Uh, she's very good at brushing me off, really, is what I mean to say. Oh. Um, she seems busy most of the time. Well, I guess that doesn't surprise me. I certainly wouldn't take it personally. What did you two talk about when you did get a chance to talk to her? Or did she just sort of brush you aside and ignore you? Well, I I try to, you know, he puts his hands up as if he's explaining something very complex and (laughs) (laughs) says, well, I tried to, you know, come in with a softball, something really simple, something that everybody agrees with. And I was talking about how great the empire is and how good our cooperation is. And then she said something weird. She said that it may not be that like that for long. And then she cut me off and said she had to leave. It may not be like that for long. Hmm. What an odd thing to say. Yeah. And then when I talked to her next time I asked her about it, she said, I didn't say that. I mean, I don't want to be like spreading rumors because if it's her word against mine, nobody's going to believe me. Well, she is very young. I mean, who knows what she meant by that? Yeah. Anyway, she spends most of her time in the garden out back. He gestures past the common room further into the building. She must just love meditating. 
interesting. Yeah, actually, we had been told that she essentially, yeah, rented out the whole garden and no one seems to know why. But so she's here now. Has she, she doesn't look too happy. Has she sort of been sulking in a corner, just making small talk with, uh, with folks this whole time? Well, no, it seems like she's done some serious business. He looks back and she is staring at him <laughs> and he oh. just shuts up. Oh, she uh, seems to fancy you. Uh, I. She lifts one hand and does the come here finger to him. <gasps> oh, no. Your friend's going to die. And no, she... you, you give the best gasps. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He stands up and he's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I got I to go. And he walks up to the table where he very primly sits next to her. Oh, my gosh. I really honestly hope that I didn't get him in trouble. She's looking at you now, Eden. And she looks up above where Eli is sitting next to her, nods, and Eli flinches and rubs his neck and then like puts back on his sort of plastic smile and then they start talking for a little while. Nisei looks to you and smiles and then looks back to him and begins talking animatedly at the end of the table. Mm, that's not suspicious at all. Nope. Okay, well, gonna slowly back away now. <laughs> You slowly back away to your, your party. Who's at the table? It's Gage, Sten, and is Connor there? Connor's there. Yeah. And also the rest of you guys can join him as well. If you want to have come back from your conversation with Bard Guy. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good idea. Well, I will briefly explain how, how I know Eli, that he's from college, and that he doesn't seem to know a whole lot more about Nisei than we do. Um, he did know about her renting out the whole garden, and she seems to be here doing some some sort of important business and has been making uh, slightly ominous comments. Very ominous. Mm. Well, I mean, we really only want to talk to Maltish, not necessarily her. <laughs> I wasn't about to go talk to her. I just hey. wanted more information on what she's been doing. I mean, okay. we're, we are pretty sure that she's the one who tried to kill us. So just, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, right? Gotcha, gotcha. Very wise. Has Sar related what, what she's learned yet? Uh, yeah, yes. At the Baron Multish will be uh, where, where we'll be performing in a bit. I'll, I don't know if we're going to have much more luck here. Should we just try and catch a Multish now or chance that he might show for the show how much time do we have about 90 minutes an hour you probably have about an hour now or a little less okay i i, I mean need... i think that's enough time to at least look around i need that much time to get like the appropriate level of drunk for uh, any sort of performance that i want to watch so all right just He's... carry carry I'm a drink with start... you. okay <laughs> fair enough all right i can do that i can do that so are you guys headed out yeah, we can follow up on the garden thing a little later when we're not quite suppressed for time, I guess. Well, would we even be allowed in? Don't I don't think we need to be allowed in for Sten to throw me over a wall. Oh, right. So we're sneaking in. Wait, wait. Do, do we think there's something in the garden besides where she goes to hang out? That's just where she goes to hang out. And I mean, she's not there now, so there'd be no point in, like, poking around, really. Unless there's something there. Oh, right, the object. The... the Ashbound is probably bound to. Can I, James, can I like use my magical elf senses to uh, see if there's any magical weirdness going on? Uh, sure. Can I see what my elf eyes see? <laughs> I know I wanted to say it so bad. Thank you. 
<laughs> you can see what your elf guts feel, which is a rolling nature. Okay. Gij, you see Connor holding his lasiroscope under the table and sort of thwacking the side of it. Is it not working? Oh, oh Sariel only rolled a nine. Sariel, you feel a ubiquitous and unpleasant feeling, as if something terrible is approaching. I mean, is this different from the usual ubiquitous? Oh, wait, no. Like, in-game. Not in real life. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, this, is, this, um, is, this feels new, but it does feel very much... It feels like the moment the Feasting Crow spirit was diving at you, but just sort of stretched out. Oh, gosh. That's actually, that's actually kind of anxiety-inducing. Sorry. No, no. It's, it's good. <laughs> Props. Yay. I can make people very uncomfortable. Important life skills. Good job, James. <laughs> so do we want to stick around? Who wants Not to throw really. Sariel over a wall? Well, we'd have to go outside <laughs> to do that, right? Yeah, but it's still, where are you going? I don't know if we have time for that. I, I think it would be better to see maybe if we can find Moltesh, uh, because I think the sneaking over the wall thing might best be saved until after Galena performs, but that's just me. Agreed. James, yeah, James let's Lynn, not get arrested until later. <laughs> James let us play fast and loose with our timing, but I am kind of curious now, like if there's something back there that we should go snatch up and she's not back there, it might be a good time to do it. Hmm. Oh, you make a good point. Stop it with your logic. So, okay. So our, so at the very least, we've decided that we're leaving the Gilded Sage for now, right? We're exiting the building. Well, just the common room, not not the whole but building. Leave- I mean, aren't we, um, I guess you might be right. Maybe now would be the a good time to try to get over the wall. What he's saying, I think, is that you would have to go out of the building to walk oh. around to the outer wall to chuck Sariel or climb up yourself. Okay, sorry, misunderstood. So is that how we would do it, James? We'd go out the building to the back of it? Sounds very reasonable to me. Okay, then. so at the very least, let's exit the building so we're not planning our, our, our furtive ideas where we can easily be heard. Does anyone disagree with that? Is that cool? It sounds like a plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds solid. And as we get out of your shot of anyone associated with or the inn, Gij will ask Connor, so how does the invisibility spell work? Uh, well, it bends light around you. Hey, I could do that. You can? Yeah. Neat. It took me a long time to get the hand movements right, and really maintaining the spell is very difficult for me. I think I can do it for about 10 minutes-ish. That's mainly what I was curious about. Eden is able to do this for much longer. (laughs) Yeah, which is why I'm just going to sort of smile awkwardly and nod, because I don't want to sound as though I'm trying to one-up him. Well, neither of you have to see the person, right? Like, you can cast on them, it just stays on them until it runs out. Guys, we can heap abuse on Connor as much as we want. That's like his role, so. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't be humble. No. He, he is my groupie. <laughs> he is as groupie. Um, he does explain that if you touch anything too roughly, the spell is disrupted. And if you leave a large enough radius, the connection will wane. Okay. And he, he just does a guesstimate of like a couple blocks away. Well, if you're keen to go over that wall, Serial, I think I might ask that they cast invisibility on me, and I'll go over with you just in case. I said I really don't like when any one person is by themselves. Would I be able to cast invisibility on multiple people at once, or would Connor and I need to team up for this one? Invisibility is a level two spell, right? I believe so. Because you can cast invisibility at a higher level, and then you can maintain two invisibilities at once. Um, okay. Connor cannot. Connor can only do one. Okay. Ha. 
So what do you guys want to do? Should we go? Should we split up? One group is the guard, and the other group is talk to Maltish. That works for me. And just we make sure as long as one of you ladies is there talking to Maltish, I think it'll probably be easy to get information out of him from what we've heard from everyone. So who's going over the wall? Throw a cat. Mm, oh yeah, you could throw a squirrel or a squirrel. I mean, I could use Eve. Oh shoot! Yeah, that's that's oh. an option as well. That's even so we don't we don't have to throw anybody. Make, yeah, to see if there's oh. even anything over there we'd want. It wouldn't look very strange if there's an owl in a garden. That's kind of normal. I'm just really looking forward to eventually stand throwing oh. Sariel somewhere. Oh, 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 oh. I just remembered. Check, let's check the eggs, see if it's useful. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, my gosh, we haven't been doing that. We could have missed on so many pets and stuff. Oh, my God. It's only been one day. It's only been one day. It's only, it's only been one day. It's, it's, we're good. We're good. False alarm. What are oh, the eggs? Okay, uh, I'll roll Arcana real quick. Or did Sariel beat me to it? Yes. Uh, whoever has the sack, roll Arcana. Oh, I think I think that's me. Yeah, or nature. I'm going to do it as nature. For all we know, the spider could give us like the cool teleportation spell. Sariel rolled an 11 in nature. You're not sure what's in there. There is power. Mm. And there are three eggs. Someone else take a look. Can I, I hand can, it over I can, to Eden? I will roll Arcana. I will try. If all else fails, blast Connor. I can try to roll Arcana too, if need be. Not that it would be very good. Oh, there Critical we go. success. Excellent. Nice. You're the book lending girl. You know the magics. Hold on. I'll know what's in them in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's that's actually a really good idea is that you can just send Eve up to just peek what's in the garden if there's anything important in there. Mm-hmm. And then if there isn't, just bring her back. And then we go, you know, talk to Maltish. Right. And uh, it the possibility of us getting arrested uh, plummets. Yes. <laughs> Always just good. an owl. And it will just be a whole lot quicker. But that's basically mm-hmm. what you were just saying. Yay, teamwork plans. So the spell is Silent Image. Because Eden crit on it, it is changed into not Silent Image. It is an image that can project sound and move as well. So you can create relatively complex illusions. I am so using this for my performance. I was going to say, like, that's almost better for performance. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Okay. Well, really quick, what does the spell do? The original spell creates a silent image that lasts for a certain amount of time and sort of repeats on a loop what it does. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it is a MoBeta image that can project sound as well. So we could, we could make like holographic decoys. We can play Gem in the Holograms. What? Never mind. Whatever. I don't get that uh, reference. Sorry. I got that reference. I got that reference. Good job. I'm glad um, that somebody is here. Okay, then. I guess we can just have Eve take a peek, and if there's anything cool there, Sarl and I can go over, and hopefully we don't get murderized by Nisei in the garden. Murderized. So am I Am I still going over the wall? Am I still going to squirrel nope. up? Nope. Not yet. Not oh, yet. oh well, I mean, if you want to change into a squirrel, uh, I mean, I think that sounds practical, unless you don't want to waste a spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, I mean, Eve is there. Eve is an owl. It doesn't cost anything for Eve to just fly up and look. I, uh, yeah, I already right. animal change spells pretty readily since I recovered them with just a short rest. So I'd be I'd be down for that. Oh, okay. Um, you can team up again if you want. Well, yeah. Let's uh, yeah. let's do this. You ready? Eve looks at you, blinking. Hoots. <laughs> All right, hey, babe. Eve. We're just looking for anything unusual. We're just gonna fly around, observe, and then come back. Okay. Little neck ruffle feathers. Mm-hmm. How tall is All this right. wall, James? It's probably about 12 feet. Okay. It appears to be a mixture of stone and wood sections. Uh, so stone probably doesn't even need to fastball me over it. I can probably just squirrel my way up. Can I anyway? <laughs> sure. 
hey, if if yeah. they need to, I'm going to jump up on your shoulders and go over that wall. There are trees sort of looming above the wall on the far side. Not so looming that you could jump up and grab them, but you could chuck Sariel into a tree. I mean, I don't want it to be like painful, like gently into a nice lob her smushy tree, yeah. like a like a leafy tree. Yeah. Okay, I will do so. Okay, Eve launches herself into the sky and flies over the edge. Yep. Sariel. Sariel's gonna squirrel it up. Sten, you wanna you wanna toss me up into that tree over there? Yeah. Do you prefer? Should I like swing you by the tail, or more of like a like a javelin? <laughs> <laughs> this javelin, like, hold that about, tail as straight about, as you can. How about open palm trebuchet? Yeah, okay. I'm going to curl up into a little squirrel ball. Sorry, okay, I, I like suddenly, it. suddenly not so sure about this plan. Okay, cool. So I'll use, like, the <laughs> arm holding her is, like, way back, and then the other arm acts as, like, a counterweight for, like, trebuchet action, and I'll just, like, hurl her right into that tree. Bringing a whole new definition to flying squirrel. Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right. Uh, roll in athletics, sir. And I'm throwing Sariel, a squirrel, for God's sake. Roll a uh, acrobatics. Here oh, God go. help me. I apologize in advance for exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> Please don't kill our party member by throwing her into a wall. Stun rolled a nine in athletics. <laughs> it is boggling how poorly you do at that sometimes. <laughs> yes. You got such a big bonus, too. Yes, I, I literally roll a two. Sariel rolled a seven. Oh, no. <laughs> So Sten, attempting to lob Sariel gently, makes her fall almost too short. There's a single willowy twig for her to grasp upon before hitting the ground. Sariel squirrel goes up. She does parachute legs, and you see her little tiny paws outstretched to grab a twig and misses it by inches and falls on the ground. You Nailed take two, it. You 2d6 falling damage. Wait, she's a squirrel. <laughs> you just threw her like 18 feet in the air. <laughs> Be fine. <laughs> I I object to the idea that this would hurt a squirrel at all. And I speak to someone who's thrown many a squirrel in his life. <laughs> that is false. But I have thrown cats, and they don't mind. Just gently, like, toss them the way I'm... Okay, admittedly, I trebucheted this squirrel, but never mind. It was, partial, like, it was partially okay. you. Only one of you had to succeed if she had landed correctly. <laughs> so I'd just like to say, don't let this turn you off the general um, Sten using as your projectile thing, because we've gotten it out of our system. We're just we're gonna practice this until we get it right. The next one's gonna be great. Anyway, crit- go ahead and get hurt. Our fails are gonna be used up this episode. Next episode, we're gonna need those wins for for uh, the performance. He sees them beef throwing. He's like, "See, this is why I said just have Eve look. Just it doesn't cost anything. She knows what how if to fly. Eve gets attacked by this crow spirit and no one's there to yeah, back her up. No, we definitely don't want to send her in alone. She could just she could just peek on the wall. Squirrel lands sort of awkwardly on its side, just uncomfortably. You know that's going to turn into a big bruise when you turn back into a person. But you land in basically soft grass. In front of you, you see a little artificial lake with an island in the center. On the island is a majestic-looking cherry tree. From this cherry tree is hanging a little cage that appears to be made of twigs with little rocks tied into them. Inside this cage is what looks like a fetish of a bird. Just a little sack with feathers sticking out and a little beak on top. Hold my beer, guys. A fetish of a bird? Fetish is just a symbol. Ah, wrong kind of fetish. Get out of the gutter, Molly. <laughs> Ugh, you disgust me. <laughs> yeah, because like you, if you ever have to say that right, it's usually Amanda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Molly, you don't disgust me. Um, 
Speaking of which, Eden, are you looking through Eve's eyes? Yes, indeed. Eve has already launched into the air. Who's holding you, or are you laying down? Oh, I probably would have um, sat down and leaned up against the garden wall. Okay. You again see Eve's eyes pop right over the edge. As she settles down on a branch nearby, you see her looking around the garden. She focuses in on several small animals that run around, including a squirrel. (laughs) I forgot to talk to her before we did this. Don't eat me. (laughs) You can feel the sensation of, ooh, thing that's moving. I'm going to go kill it. No, no. Can I like telepathically tell her, no, don't, no, no, no killing, no eating right now. You sense that she's on mission. She'll eat later. <laughs> she she looks around. You see the same thing that I just described to Sariel, except that moments from this, Eve starts to swoop down towards this thing to get a closer look. Okay, that's that's fine. All right. Sariel, you see this as well. Are Sariel you... will uh, move towards it. How, like, as far as getting onto the island, is there a bridge or, like, trees that could oh. move from one tree to another? I'm sorry, I should have drawn this better. This, imagine this is like marvelous Japanese garden. Everything has like those perfect uh, half circle bridges and like mm. wonderful red wood everywhere. So a squirrel scampers along one of the railings of a bridge nearby and gets closer to this thing. Actually being on the end of the bridge is kind of the way to get closest to it as it is hanging from a lower branch. Eve alights atop the branch it is hanging from, and the owl turns its head around, looking in every direction. Eden, you can sense a feeling of unease, and Sariel, that feeling of imminent danger becomes palpable. Your little squirrel heart is beating so fast you feel like it might burst. Can I see if there are any evidence of any traps or... Yes, you can. You can always check for traps, even if James says stop checking for traps. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to check for traps. This is true. Sten, check for traps. While waiting. Also, Something has to explain that terrible athletics role. <laughs> Definitely a trap somewhere. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Go should for I, it. Uh, perception roll. Perception? Yes. Would I be rolling perception as squirrel or as sariel? Uh, squirrel. Okay. Any bonuses that squirrel sariel has would apply. I get the impression that your character sheet looks way more interesting than mine. She's just got a bunch of them, is all. Although the animal ones are like tiny. Sariel critically failed her perception with a four. Sariel, you feel talons grasp around your body. Oh no. Eden, you feel the sense of panic welling up within yourself. The rest of you see Eden on the ground start to flail uncontrollably as if she is having a seizure. Oh no. And quickly get up against the wall. I'm going over. Before you have enough time to organize that little action, Eden, you see through Eve's eyes, Eve swoop down, grab Sariel's body off of the post, and start to, with some labor, fly back towards the wall. Oh, please tell me that she that this is a rescue and not a hunt. Galena is checking Eden when she falls. Sariel, you do not see any traps, but in the moment before you get grabbed, it seems as though the crow fetish inside the cage comes to life and turns its head towards you. You sense a presence nearby. As you are being bodily carried away, you see a blue flame sort of emanating away from you. The moonlight glows. It's almost as if there is a half-sphere of shield around you. As Eve manages to haul you up to the fence and drop you over the edge before swooping down to Eden's arm. Eve just burrows underneath you, Eden. Oh! 
she rescued Sariel and got spooked, and then she's hiding in your your cloak. That was so scary. Ooh. Better give Eve some good old fashioned head scratches, head scratchies. Damn straight. Indeed, she earned them. <laughs> Sariel, while you were close to this cage, you could see that the twigs had little red berries on them, and the what you thought were rocks tied up with the twigs were actually little tiny chunks of iron. And the fetish was clearly made of a little canvas sack with something inside, with little crow feathers poked into it, and then a crow's head just sort of sewn on top. Very interesting. We gotta destroy that, huh? Destroying it might not be the best plan. Well, it didn't exactly give us the warm fuzzies. Sariel's still a squirrel, so that's just like exhausted chittering. (laughs) Yeah, how is Sariel taking this? Temporarily stunned. I'm just I'm just gonna be a squirrel for a minute because being a small critter seems like seems like the best plan mentally. Do you need to go into like a warm place too, like 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 Eve did? Nah. For God's okay. sake, pick her up. <laughs> I'm gonna pick her up and like do you wanna go under my hat where you were last time? I'll just hold her because I don't know. Is she okay, Glenna? Can you do uh, medicine here. on animals? I'm a doctor, Jim, not a vet. <laughs> okay, so like after after a minute of just being like I rolled general medicine 20. This animal seems to be panicked. She's panicked. Okay, well, let's... Galena wraps her in a little blanket. (gasps) You got wrapped in a napkin. It's so cute. (laughs) Squirrel burrito. Little burrito. (laughs) I'm imagining little squirrel burrito. Are you going to tell us what happened, or...? Yeah, after a after a moment of just being like stunned and panicked, thanks to thanks to Galena's squirrel burrito technique, Sariel uh, calms down enough to switch back and explains what she saw. So I'm pretty sure. Wait, everybody's caught up, right? Like they know that Nisei has something that she's using to control the yeah. Ashbound. Okay, that's that's probably what that is. That's probably that thing. Let's destroy it. If we destroy no. it, we set the Ashbound loose. And then it can probably just kill everyone. It's got a well, ton of people. We should probably if, at least steal it, though. Yeah, I mean, if what, okay, what if we steal it and we own it? Can we then command it and be like, hey, stop being a jerk. Stop messing with people. But then do we hang on to that responsibility permanently? Um, Until... I don't like the Ashbound, but the idea of having an Ashbound that will fight alongside us is pretty freaking awesome. Pretty solid, I have to agree. Quick question. Sorry, I was so... not down for that. <laughs> So back oh, you're when, such a party pooper. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Back when Sariel had her last encounter with Feasting Crow, and it seemed to be roaming around free. I mean, wasn't it free then? Why wasn't it going around killing people? Because she, it was doing what she wanted it to. It, it's within Nisei's and Kui's plan, too. Okay, so what technically yeah. was not free. Yeah, yes. I mean, what is freedom, really? It was free to do whatever it wanted because it's it worked with their idea of making elves look bad. Guys, I'm considering going links, just going in there, grabbing it, and trying to make it back across the wall as quickly were, as I can. Were there any people in there? There is an open door to what seems like an antechamber. In that antechamber is a couple guards. They don't seem to be looking out into the okay. room. I don't know that we should do any stealing or anything right now, especially with the effect that that thing had on on um, Sariel and Eve. What it doesn't it do? seem wise to carry it around with us. It would be bad for me to carry it around because I'm fey-touched. This might be one of those moments where somebody else has to carry the important thing. 
Not Gage either, because he's apparently What? She narrows his eyes. She Wait, narrows I, her no, eyes. No, 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 no. I'm not fey touched. According to Connor, I'm elemental touched. Galena doesn't really know the difference. All right, so James, you know what? on a scale of like one to like having to roll a new character, how bad of an idea is that plan? Well, right now you have some measure of protection, which is good, which makes this plan more viable. You're not sure if t- taking it will give you control or just make her lose control. Sometimes location is important to a spell. Shoot, right. I think either one of those is good. If she loses control, that's also good because... No, no, it's really not because then Fae touched army and tears between worlds and suddenly no one has the leash on that no matter how short the leash is. Well, damn. I really think I can go up and snatch it because I'm not Fae touched and then at the very least we'll hold it. Hey, Sten, do you want to lift me up and I'll see if I can sense like bindings or spell nonsense going on absolutely um this involves relatively little athletics so i feel pretty confident about this i will just, just stretch your arm up and she'll just, just hoist her into the air confidently you will not in my skills for this. thank you are very confident heavens. in the skills <laughs> lifting things above your head is that your specialty i have got this yes that's true actually as a dock worker <laughs> um <laughs> so sorry you can see over the edge of the fence I am looking specifically for magic-related things. I am going to roll in nature. Sariel rolled a 23 in nature. As you are looking at this, there's a combination of things that are likely keeping the spell in place. As you are dealing with a creature of fey origin, the twigs are rowan. The iron has been unworked. It is cold iron. It is anathema to the fey. It is surrounded by standing water in the middle of a lake atop a cherry tree. It is just layers and layers and layers of defenses that would be immensely hard for the Fae to breach. So this thing is in a straight-up like Fort Knox prison right now. If you took just the cage out, it would be in a low-security binding, assuming that the soul is connected to that fetish. It seems real weird that she would just leave it out in the open, but she is like, what, 12? <laughs> Sariel will uh, will relate all of that and just kind of explain how it's it's layers upon layers of protection. And if they take the cage, then only the cage is uh, is there, and that's maybe not the best plan. I'm of the mind that we should take it, even though it means there's less security. I think we should wait. Sariel looks at the rest of the group and says, "I want you to understand. This is very strong magic. If we take this, we're going to have a degree of responsibility over it." Things could go down very quickly. I don't want responsibility. Yeah, but the alternative seems worse. Nisei's been up to this for a while. Is Connor with us? Oh my gosh, I keep forgetting <laughs> forgetting about him. Connor is hearing this. Did you uh, explain the specifics of this stuff, or are you just saying it's powerful magic? Oh no, she would have gone into the down and dirty. Because oh, he, his eyes are wide. He's just sort of grasping this whole Ashbound thing. Oh man, I don't even think I've given Connor like the rundown on this craziness. We keep saying we will, but we never actually do. Yeah, I don't think Connor signed point. up for this. Connor did not sign up for this. Well, neither do we. I don't know. What do you What do you think, Connor? I think it is unwise to move if it's trapped, even just in this city. We shouldn't move it from this spot. It'd be better than letting it out if what Sariel says is true. Yeah, Gigi nods and says, like, well, I guess at the very least we have the security of knowing she's following a predictable course where if, if that thing gets free, then who knows what's going on. <sighs> I think we need to be better prepared before we try to take that on. Yeah. 
Um, I would advise just continuing with the night as planned, but now now we have a lot more information. We know where it's I'm not at, yeah. worried about her moving it because its situation is part of the protections. It would probably be kind of difficult to replicate. That's probably why she's rented the entire garden. You guys are able to hear guards coming around the corner. Well, uh, time to pack it in. As you begin to leave hastily back to the street, whistling nonchalantly as you are not doing anything. No trespassing happened here, certainly. Sariel is able to feel someone watching her and looks back in the low sunlight. You see the wispy form of a crow standing atop the building watching you as you walk down the street towards Coralon's lucky coin. And faintly in your mind, you hear a caw. And we will wrap for the evening. With that, our heroes walk away from a garden, confident that the avian beast is contained. But many questions still remain. Will Sariel ever take the gold in the Druidic Squirrel Olympics? Can Sten now add laundering of leather and fine fabrics to his curriculum vitae? Did Eden doom her good friend Eli with her innocuous association? Will Gij find himself again facing the dueling end of Nippon's glove? And is Galena a pioneer in the field of squirrel psychology with her new burrito therapy? Find out next time on Sometimes Heroes. Hello, listening public, chosen few, scholars, ladies and gentlemen. I wandered into another podcast last week, completely on purpose and not at all on accident, and played with some fine folks who called themselves the Legion of Renab. They've got a great show that I recommend checking out. They do a Visitors of Renab section where they have guest players, and I had the honor of being their first guest GM. If you've ever wondered what kind of game I would run if it was a one-shot and I didn't have a million pages of notes, this is your chance. Check them out by searching them on iTunes, and you can find the link to my episode in the show notes. Also, rate us on iTunes. It gets our name closer to the top, lets people find us a lot easier. I'm not the only one who's thinking it, right? (laughs) What thing are you thinking? Earl Grey, hot. Oh, yes! Yes! Perfect. Maybe I'll do that. So... What's this guy's name, by the way? Yeah. I'm going to leave that up to you, James. <laughs> Son of a gun. Galena uh... <laughs> puts her... Do you want a name? Uh, yeah, if anybody can shoot out a name right now, that'd be great. It's like hot potato in character creation responsibilities. Old Silty. No, just kidding. Blob. From an... That is Blob. awesome, Winter. Bid. He has to have a, a respectable <laughs> name. <laughs> Block. Hortle Siltwood. Bid. I love it. How's that? No, that's good. Hortle Siltwood. <laughs> Hortle is a fantastic name. So we can who's just... drawn on my map? Hmm. Not me, for once. <laughs> it was done. No, it wasn't me. I, I mean, I would happily. I mean, that's fine. It was me, sure. <laughs> I, I'd like to take credit for it. Okay. I mean, I can tell by looking at your drawing that that's exactly what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You should take a picture of this. And put it on Twitter. Oh my gosh, I totally will. <laughs> With all of your terrible drawings, Amanda. I like that somebody drew somebody plus somebody on the tree. It's G and S. Yeah, S plus G. Sorry, L plus Galena? Oh no, my ship is confirmed. Stand plus Galena. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, whoever plus whoever at this point. <laughs>
All right, so we need to go get like super drunk with a shot one day. Indeed.